whether it's a podcast, this YouTube channel, whether it's social media, whether it's a course, whether it's a blog, what are you creating to help? And when you create, you win. And that's not just something I made up. It's something I showed you. And it's something Andre showed you. And it's something Raphael is showing you. When you create and when you help close that gap, instead of begging somebody else to close that gap, instead of pointing at the gap, don't point at the gap. Create something to fill that gap and you will be rewarded. We talk. Episode 121. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Yeah. This is your host, Raphael Husbands, with my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, JD. Episode Ram's House. Episode 121 of Tweet Talk the Black Web Podcast, and we bring him back one of our earlier guests, Andre C. Hatchet. I think last we're on here, I think it was episode 34. That long ago? I haven't yeah. been here since then? Yeah. Holy that's, shit. This is just the second time you, you're with us. Oh, that's... Oh, that's nasty. But happy to be here. But yeah, we gotta we gotta increase that. Oh man, I thought it was way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people need Andre Hatchet. Mm-hmm. I thought we were trying to do like a segment. You know, I'm. This might sound crazy, but I'm trying to create a television network, which means we need an abundance of content. So people mm-hmm. can have their own segment. We got you on. We talk about whatever your segment is. You know, give me my segment. What's my segment, Charles? Let's do it. That's a that's a good question, man. <laughs> I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know, man. But Raph, you got, you got a segment. Your segment is whatever you want to make it. <laughs> huh, good whatever you decide to make it. We're going to collab. I mean, We're going to make this thing pop, man. We already got you as the accountability coach. like So you got to come in and drop, give us a little. All right, let's do that. Yeah. So this is the accountability uh, segment of the podcast. My accountability tip in and or tips are it's better to have two things on you on your to-do list that you get done than 10 things on your list and get nothing done. Right. It will feel better emotionally to have the 10 things on the list because you get to see it. it. It's it's a bunch of stuff and then you'll feel good and you'll feel great about it. But I tell you this, the two things add up and the two things build momentum. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the people in our group who take small steps, Charles, over the past, how long? Oh, damn, I've been here a while now. September? Consistently? Yes. <laughs> it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. It started out just popping in every now and then and now he's here every week. Every week. And if you look at the people who took who took the small steps, the one, two, three things a week, every couple of weeks, and you look at where they're at now, they're a lot further than the people who might have the high, lofty ideas. They I'm gonna get this done right now. Uh so small steps win. And another part of accountability, I'm gonna say I say it often, your favorite or your next income stream. Uh, your next income stream might not be your favorite, fam. It's mm. be okay with that. You could do the thing that you want to do later, but the thing that might you might be best at might not be your favorite. Don't care. Just do it. If you are satisfying a client's needs and they're happy with you, uh, I, I don't know how rich y'all are to be able to not focus on what's paying you. How rich are y'all? <laughs> I'm not that rich yet. Brad, how you feel about that? I, I, I feel... I, it's... I'm definitely not nowhere near rich enough for that, for that yet. And I like what you said, like focus on two things. So two, two things actually get done because you put too mm-hmm. much stuff on your to-do list. So I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Your to-do list turns into a to-don't list because 
Oof. Just overwhelming. Just yeah. overwhelming. And it's easy to like half half ass a bunch of things. And so it's like the energy that you could put into comp- accomplishing those two, you'll put like 25% into four projects or 10% into eight projects. And you think you're doing something, but you haven't completed anything. Yeah. And it weighs on your mental when you, you keep looking at that list. Like, I didn't get the 10 things done yesterday. I got mm-hmm. another 10 things today. So then it turns into 20. It's like, have I ever told you about the $50 story? I don't think I did. So I was out with a woman I was seeing. I was. 31 or 30, somewhere around that 30, 31 range. I had left the full-time job working with kids at 27 or so. So I've been full-time entrepreneur, no job for about four years. So ups and downs, but I wanted, here's where, here's where I really got my focus from and my ability to, uh, to, to bypass what I want to do at the current moment. I wanted to sell real estate in New York City and in New York, Westchester County. Higher commissions, it's more fun, it's sexier, it's more of a title. So if I tell people I'm a successful realtor, that it has more name recognition. Uh, I can wear my fly suits like they do on A&E and all those shows. Like, I'm mm. going to be a bomb-ass realtor. So real estate is very hit or miss. And it's one of the industries where you can do everything right and still not make money, which is very frustrating, by the way. So here we have it. Um, I'm dating this woman. I go. She's an attorney, so she has a salary, career, all that good stuff. You know, woman loves stability. Dig it. I have had four real estate deals on the table at one time. Four. I, I got it done. All those deals died in the span of like 10 days. I had no money because I went back to college. Um, I, I slacked off all my notary business. I'm going all in on real estate. These deals died. I have no money. My bills are being paid, but that's it. So we're out with her family um, you know, and I think a couple of other in-laws. And I was trying to get out of not going, but for some reason I went, which is really dumb. Uh, and I didn't have enough money to pay the bill or our portion of the bill, which is about 50 bucks. It was nothing crazy. It was about 50 bucks. And, and at that moment, I had a gut check time, right, Raph? It was, uh, am I going to be the guy who's going to go for what he wants to do, passion over everything and accept what comes with it? Or am I going to get back into my nice, steady business? Probably won't get me rich, but nice, steady, consistent notary business and take it from there. I said, I am not the guy who is comfortable with being broke and not having $50 to pay for me and my girl's tab in front of her family. I'm not that guy. So when you see me talk about pushing passion back at the back end and delay gratification and all that stuff, it's because of shit like that. Because I never wanted to experience that again. So my least sexier, but my consistent as hell notary business, which if I'm full time with it, or then was at least three to five hundred dollars a day. If I'm full time with it, at least that on a day. So 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 I went backwards, which I thought at the time was going backwards. And I had to fight the minute. Am I giving up on being a realtor? And I realized, one, I didn't really like being a realtor like that. I was trying to fight through it, which is is what you got to do sometimes. But but here, look at us now. I didn't know that I'd be teaching it in 2015. That was 2011, 2012. 2015 started teaching it and then blew the F up. So it's crazy how life works. So that whole thing, me going backwards, air quotes, it paid off because now I'm able to make money from notary without and having more of an impact without having to stamp a lot of documents anymore. So that's that's a spew, that that's my fifty dollar story. What's crazy, and, and <clears throat> I think that the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is the willingness to do things that suck. 
Yeah. I, I think, think that that's what it is. Yeah. I really think that's what it is. Like exercise is not fun. It sucks. But the opposite yeah. on the other side of exercise is great. Dieting is not fun. On the other end of dieting is great. Yeah. And so I'm just noticing a pattern because I see people who aren't winning and they're never willing to do something that's inconvenient. They're never willing to do something that's not their ideal model of a life. And a lot of people don't realize like you get the model life by doing things that aren't ideal. Everybody who doesn't want to be seen struggling, they don't want to be seen doing things that aren't sexy or aren't glamorous. And they don't realize like those are the, the things that the people who that you see winning the Super Bowl, getting these championships, they're doing those things. Ooh. Yeah. And not only, and this is probably, this is hard for me too, like, not only do you have to do the stuff that sucks, but you got to be willing to, to suck at stuff. You know, oh, get in. That's good. And I don't like that, man. I do not like yeah, sucking at good. stuff. It's tough to get through. Why? So well, perfect. I mean, the thing is, is like, we all suck. I think it's just a matter of not care, caring more about what you want as opposed to what people are going to think or say. And Andre, he said it very eloquently. I've never been able to say this this way, but it's like, why do I care about the opinions of people who aren't doing anything for me? Literally, I can't name anybody who's volunteering to raise my children. And I think that's when it really gets in perspective because people might kind of help you if you're like, hey man, I need some help with whatever, but ain't nobody raising your kids for you. Yeah. And I think that's when it gets into perspective where it's like, bruh, like, this is this is where it gets real at that point. Damn, yeah. that's real. Welcome to Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, where we talk about building black wealth. And, and dissect tweets. And dissect tweets. And Andre, <laughs> introduce yourself to the people for, for those of you, the few people on, on the planet that don't know your name. <laughs> um, my name is Andre C. Hatchet. I am a mobile notary legend, as Brian said in the group. It's on video. <laughs> I will loop that. That's the intro from that. now on. <laughs> That's the intro. <laughs> nah, but um, 39-year-old, uh, 40 and 60 days. Looking forward to it. Entrepreneur, hardcore, pro-black, mobile notary veteran, pioneer, three-time self-published author. And I uh, trying to do my small part to push the race forward, brother. Like, if I summarize it, that that. That's who I am. I'm trying to do my part to push the, push the race forward in my own way, uh, find some love along the way, make an honest dollar, and, and get some property. Right, right. Now, we were just talking about doing things that suck and being able to suck at stuff in the beginning. And be, wait a minute, be sure to follow us on Twitter, guys. Follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Real Todd Billion. And follow Andre Hatchet at Andre C. Hatchet. That's with two T's. Thank you, sir. Now, speaking of sucking and all kinds of stuff, you had a tweet, Dre, where you said, in these crazy times, you really need to be patient with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was sick. I had COVID last week and um, I was just out of it. I was just out of it. And, and, and that's personal stuff going on, too. And I said, you know, I, I need to just take a nap. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to literally just take a nap. And I've earned the right, right? I have staff. I have a lot of staff. Um, I have things in place. And I just needed to just give myself a break for a little while, mentally and physically, because I just couldn't really get around like that. I, I didn't cope with bad, bad, because I, I take black seed oil and a bunch of that stuff every day. So I was able to bounce back pretty fast. But I just, something told me just to chill a little bit. And I listened to it and I was glad I did. 
And I remember sometimes feeling guilty about taking some me time or chill, but that's why I've worked so hard. That's why I put these systems in place. That's why I have email marketing consultants. So I can take off or semi off when need be. And, and the, the grind is important. The grind is a must, but um, I've earned the right to be able to chill at times. And I was fighting my own guilt with it, but I got over it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think we, we kind of like think that we can't take a break or we kind of come guilty if we want to stop working. And um I noticed that like I work every single day. I'm pushing and promoting every single day. It's not a day that I'm not setting up automations, creating posts, writing captions, um, automating emails, creating graphics, creating real. It's not a day that goes by that I'm not doing that. But I think that that's a that is a misconception. I don't know how to how to really phrase that. My thinking is that you can always jumpstart back up. So if you got to shut it down for a few days, that absence might actually make people want you more when you do come back you come back and so like man like where was that fire where was that heat where were those posts you know i need that i need those podcast episodes and but it's like it's also kind of like a fear attached to it too it's like my fear isn't like losing a job anymore my fear is having a job (laughs) oh Oh, it's like The worst case scenario is I'm going to have to go back to a job. I'm going to have to answer somebody. I'm going to have to show up at a certain time, leave at a certain time. And so I hustle to protect myself from that. And it's it, it can kind of be scary, but I, I still think that we're safe. I think that we're safe enough. We have a big enough brand. We have a big enough suite of products such that we can afford to take time off and still not go out of business. And then also mm-hmm. we have the ability to create new things so that we can take time off and, and and still not go out of business. I mean, quite honestly, Black Friday weekend is enough with a lot of a lot was enough for us to be chilling. So I think that it, it's like we got to give ourselves some grace, man, and know that um, we don't have to be breaking our backs and killing ourselves. And I mean, even the Jewish principle, how they work six days and they don't work on Sunday. Chick-fil-A is not open on Sunday. And so it's like sometimes having that margin actually allows you to go harder when you do need to be going hard. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes if you don't take breaks, you'd be taking breaks while you're supposed to be working, <laughs> taking longer naps than you should be taking and whatnot. So it's like it helps you stay focused if you give yourself that margin. Hey. Yeah, you don't take a break, your body will break down. You know, you're taking the break that you didn't want to take. Facts. Also, I think you um, doing the football games, Charles, was a great was was a great thing for your life. I think so too. <laughs> and it's also cool. I was telling my mom, I was like, when you're sitting in certain parts of a football stadium, you're you're around a different kind of people. So typically, the people that are in my section are also business owners or professionals or executives. <laughs> Yeah, and so it also kind of functions as as that element. So it's 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 yeah, it's downtime, but you're spending downtime around the people that you need to be spending time with, people who are going to help you advance your network and grow your business and whatnot. And speaking of football game, for this episode segment of Black Billionaire Banter, we would talk about black business moves and black businessmen and women. One of the halftime performers, Mr. Snoop Dogg. Recently uh, purchased Death Row Records. Yeah, I saw that. That was dope. That is dope. Where he started. Didn't they they sold Death Row to like Tyco or something. It was crazy. It, it was, was some crazy. random company owned Death yeah, Row. Some random company. I remember a couple months ago he was saying, "Oh, they w- 
I approached them trying to buy it from them and they wouldn't sell it to me. Well, I'm going to start shopping for other labels. And then out of nowhere, it's, a, it's like Snoop Dogg bought Death Row Records. That's going to be crazy when he re, when he re, when he rebuilds that. Man, that's yeah. going to be crazy money. It is, man. We always talk about ownership and all that kind of stuff. That's a major play. It's such a smart move, Off too. Such is. a smart move. He had a new Death Row piece at the game and everything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And he opened up a store in Inglewood, too. So that was a that was a thing. I don't know what he's doing in this store. It's just like the Snoop Dogg store. <laughs> so now I guess I guess I mean I don't know all the details because they haven't really released the details yet. But I guess he'll have he'll definitely own the masters now to all the work, mm. all all that stuff that he didn't get paid for. I remember when he left Death Row to go to No Limit with Master P. He said he actually said he never got paid a penny. A single penny off any of his sales at Death Row Records. Those albums. Mm. And his debut album, I would Dog, say Doggy Style. The, the um, gym there also is that sometimes if you can't buy the assets outright, just buy the company that owns the assets. Mm, Problem cool. solved. <laughs> that is a boss move. Well, yeah, that's cold right there. I mean, his his first album, Doggy Style, sold like 650000 something like that in the first week. Before, yeah. before 50 came around, he set the record for first week sales for a debut album. Yeah, yeah. I think I sold at least 10, 15 million copies total. Maybe even 20 by now. Now it was cold. It was cold, man. It, it, it was a movement that him and Dre and them had back then. A, a whole full-fledged movement. But imagine he said he didn't get a penny off those record sales. That's wild. Say so he lived in a house that Shug Knight's name was on it drove a car that Shug's name was on. Right. And and so, like, they, they're they compensated. It's just not compensated the way that they would expect to be compensated. Because we should really break down a record deal one of these days. Because mm. I've seen something where they said, like, a record deal is basically like a loan. Yeah. And so they give you this money up front, and they're like, hey, here's a million dollars. Or, hey, here's a car, here's a house. And they say a part of this deal is we get the money from the record sales and you don't know how successful it's going to be. You're just like, hey, I'm some dude from the hood and they just gave me a million dollars. And then you create this amazing um, piece of work and you don't realize that you don't have any rights to it, but you did get compensated. And so I think it's important for us to be transparent. And what we're saying, because it can kind of create a false idea of what's going on and it can make it seem like, oh, they were taken advantage of and uh, whatever people want to kind of pull out of that. But it's important for us to understand the business behind it for a few reasons so that we can understand that maybe he didn't get taken advantage of. Maybe it was just business. And also so people getting into it could say, maybe I don't want to sign a record deal. Maybe it's not all what they crack it up to be because um, it's a, in these days, you can make more money and have a bigger brand being independent than you can sign into these labels. You're going to have more power, more control over your narrative and people will still rock with you because you got access to, you can, you can distribute it through these streaming platforms just like anybody else. And that's the beauty of it these days. Beauty of ownership, own or be owned for real. Right, 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 right. How did you um, guys? I thought you were gonna, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was going to talk about the. Uh, I forget his name, but he was supposed to be buying a a football team. I thought that's what you were going to bring up. Did you see that news, Raphael? What are we talking about? No. I saw they said they said Robert Smith was going to buy the Broncos, oh, but then I they also it. said. They said the dude who owns the Weather Channel, I forget it, Byron Allen, was going to buy the Broncos. I did hear that. I did hear both of those things, but I didn't really look into I didn't really get the full thing on them. I forgot about those two stories. Yeah, not a big fan of Byron Allen. 
Me either. I'm not either. Why aren't you a fan of Byron Allen? It's simple. A couple of things. Um, but here's the main thing. He 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 lets us act like he is doing things for the benefit of black people as a whole. First thing first, it's always strange when people are so activist, activist, and they marry to white to a white mm-hmm. person. But white beyond white people too. Not but, even just like kind of white. She's white, white. But beyond that, it's like how come you only speak up for black people when it benefits you financially? Benefits uh. you financially. That's the only time you ever spoke up for black for black folks. Yeah. Only time. Can't argue that. But other than that, he, he did. He's made some big moves. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to Gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I know we had the whole lawsuit that took us to the Supreme Court, and they were trying to rally people around it. Apparently, the, the I don't think the lawsuit was granted. I don't know how that happened, but he was still able to, I think, buy the company. But care about him or not? That's the kind of business moves I'm trying to make because it's a different kind. It's a different world out there. You guys, there's a world where you can do whatever you want by putting together the play. Mm-hmm. He, he buys all these companies, not because he's rich. He buys all these companies because he puts together the play. What is the play? Mm-hmm. Identifying something and then starting to package up the financing to make it happen. He didn't save up a down payment. He didn't do any of that stuff. He went to people who specifically invest in these type of projects, family offices, private equity companies, venture capitalist companies, hedge funds, and you start packaging up what they call the capital stack and then you go and you acquire this. And that's next level stuff. You can buy anything you want. Apartment complexes, massive companies. That's what Reginald Williams did. Um, R.I.P. Reginald Williams. Williams or Reginald Lewis? Reginald Lewis. Lewis, my bad. But like, it's next level wealth stuff. That's the stuff mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to where you don't gotta, you don't gotta be that dude. You just gotta be educated. Yeah. You gotta know what you're looking at and you gotta know how to package up in a way that it makes sense and it gives your investors a return on their investment. So next level. I don't know why his documents for his daughter. Really? Byron Allen? No. Nah, or Reginald nah. Lewis? Oh, Reginald man. Lewis. And I yeah, was because she's a uh, local. I was in, in the, New York. Yeah, yeah. I was in their um, condo co-op and I That's saw the pictures of him and I was like, is that your dad? She's like, you know who he is? I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've written articles about him, blogs about him. Yeah, I know who he is. And then she calls her sister. She's like, the notary Andre knows our dad. And, and, and <laughs> we were emailing each other for a while. So yeah, it was a really cool story. But that's all come from living out loud. He, he's mm. been gone yeah, 20 years or so. Or maybe even more than that, and 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 I can go into his daughter's apartment, do business, and, and get the chills. Like literally, got I'm out here thinking about like, wow, like he's that dude. All these years later, you can't become yeah. that dude by not doing stuff, fam. You gotta do some stuff. Some when scary you was stuff. a draw, um, do some how'd scary you guys stuff. like my man Scotty? He was on with you guys last week. Thanks for having him. How you guys? How'd that you was that here? was an inspirational conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the fact that he is living in a house that he built on some land that he bought, that was Cold, dope. Right? The fact that he's been doing deals since he was 19. Cold. Um, and then the fact that he is just like, 
now putting together this huge project and they're building a lake like yeah uh, really cool stuff so yeah, it was a good conversation yeah, dope uh, high-level stuff. Y'all invest in Scotty Smith's fund. Um, I love the way he's doing it. That's going to be big, man. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, for sure. If you if you listen to that episode and you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Scotty Smith, developer in Dallas, who we interviewed on episode 119. It's building a, a development in Dallas uh, of tiny cabins, luxury tiny cabins for short-term rentals in Dallas. Uh, you can find his uh, crowdfund at smallchange.co and just look for the retreat at Lake Noir. Check it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, what's our it. next segment? Yeah, man. What's the next segment, Roth? Where are these tweets? Next segment is, Charles, you said anyone who has a problem with you getting a bag doesn't need to be your homie. And we know Char- a- Andre. Andre is always out to make his friends some money. I tweeted that a long time ago, man. Um, it must have retweeted because, you know, I got that Hype Fury flying out. So Hype Fury brings up all my old tweets and it retweets it for me. So I can't give you all the game unless you're in the mastermind. But, man, technology, like Nipsey Hussle said, technology has empowered us all. And I used to not really, really be big on these apps. But, man, there's some apps and some websites that can take your business to the next level. You don't really got to hire employees for everything. Get you some apps, but still get you some employees. So I got some people that I got working for me. Hopefully I get a return on my employees. But um, really, it's that simple. And I think that sometimes when you have like an employee mindset, you don't understand how serious it is until you become an entrepreneur and you realize like it's, it's live or die. So you could have a job and you could be around people that aren't necessarily supportive of you, but since they don't necess- they don't really control whether you make money or not because they're not your boss, they don't cut your check, you don't really notice it that much. But when you become an entrepreneur and everything is a business opportunity, like everything, and that's why when you become a, an entrepreneur, you must be wearing your brand at all times. My, my, my business is all over my car and I'm only going to make it even more on my car. Like it's a different mentality. Everything is an opportunity. And so everybody that you you touch should be flowing in line with where you want to go because you eat what you kill and it's sink or swim out there. And so I can't I can't have any negative energy. I can't have anything detracting me from my goals because it becomes way more serious when it's up to you. And so you got to be ruthless. You got to be serious. And if they have a problem with you making money, they got to go. And sometimes if they express that different ways. Maybe you come to them and you say, hey, help me out with this. And they're like, ah, nah, I got other stuff going on or, or whatever that might be. However it expresses itself is there and you owe it to yourself to cut it off and get around people who want to see you make money because they exist. They truly <laughs> exist. And you might have to join some mastermind. You might have to spend some money to get around those people. But I would off. recommend that when you become an entrepreneur and you're in that space, you're thinking about even leaving the job and being an entrepreneur because you have to operate as an entrepreneur, whether you have the job or not, if you have a business, you still have to be thinking and moving as an entrepreneur. So therefore, you got to get away from those folks, man. No negative energy allowed. Mm-hmm. So what you say, Dre? Yo, it's real. It's real. Uh, I believe that we oftentimes don't get our wants, we get our needs. So you literally, especially in this day and age, you literally have to need to get married to get married and stay married. It it can't Mm. just be a want. Mm. There's Mm. people Mm. everywhere. They're hitting on you every day or or, or your partner every day. There's temptation like a mug. 
you might think, oh, well, like, I, I can go get something better. And you realize, oh, like, it's not better. Like you need, it has to be a need. And same thing for business. So if someone's distracting you or, or someone isn't in line with that, it's tough, right? Because they might be a really good person, but man, you are distracting me. I, I'm giving you the layout. I'm giving you the plans. This is how we got to move. Are you going to get involved or are you going to be a distraction? And it's a tough conversation because the person might offer a bunch of other stuff, but if they don't offer, if they're not, if they're not helping you advance to the next level of your life, some good, some really good people have to go. And I'm a believer in this, that even good people might have like a negative side to them or, or a small thing side to them. They might not have to go completely. You might have to just talk to them less. They might be mm. the once every two months person who you hit up or a once a quarter person. But yeah, I, I totally see in life why people don't get married to stay married and why people live very average lives financially. It is hard. It is disgustingly hard. And you have to be on it so much. So, yeah, man, if you, if you ain't down with the plan, unfortunately, you can't come along for the ride because I can't risk it. Sam. I, it's me. So I am. Now, Charles, you say you can't have a thriving black economy if everyone is in the same lane. <laughs> I don't know what inspired that, honestly. I really can't think of what inspired that. Um, but I want us to, to diversify. I think it was actually watching... I was, I was editing some content and um, people might agree with me or they might disagree with me. And a lot of people, you'll say like, oh, competition, competition. Um, like you go to the bread aisle, there's a bunch of bread places there. You go to a water aisle, there's a bunch of water companies there. But I think we have to think global. We have to think larger on the grand scheme of things. And we have to like, when you, when you go to Black Wall Street, they had a bunch of different businesses. It wasn't just one business. And I think that's important because it gives everybody a role in a function. And so if everybody has a role in a function, everybody's being productive. At a, to, at a certain level, it's not just about the money. And I think that we put money on a pedestal a little bit too much. Yeah, when I agree. We really need to, like, if you have a thriving economy, money doesn't really exist. It's, it's all trading at that point. Mm -hmm. It's all bartering and exchanging. And, and that allows you to invent money. And so the reason why I bring it up is because I just I think that we have to think we have to reimagine things as a community. We can't just keep doing what's already been done. We can't just keep doing what we see other people doing. We have to reimagine things. And so you go to these communities and they have like a chamber of commerce or they have like these networking groups or they have these shopping centers. What do those things have in common? You can only have one dentist office in this shopping center. We can only have one dentist in this networking group. We can only have one dentist at the Chamber of Commerce. They have to have it spread out because they don't want to have competition. They want to have it diversified and they want to make sure that people are maximizing their experience there. So if you go to some networking groups and you're like, well, I'm a lawyer. What kind of law do you practice? I practice PI. Oh, we already got a PI dude here. And like, that's how as a community we should operate because then everybody gets a chance. And then if you are somebody who's like, you know what? I really want to start a candle business. It's like, no, fam, we already got a candle business. Think of something different, create something. Maybe you can sell the wicks of the candle. Maybe you can sell the wax of the candle. Maybe you can sell the glass jar of the candle. Maybe mm. you can sell the fragrance. Maybe you can not even sell candles, go sell some incense. We're only going to become wealthy as we create it. But if we're copying and we're duplicating and we're just doing what other people have been doing, we're gonna destroy everything because we exhaust opportunities sometimes. And so 
we see somebody getting money doing X and everybody runs to do X. And we see somebody getting money doing Y, everybody runs to do Y. And I want us to have more. I want us to have a healthy, thriving community, not just folks chasing the bag so they can go buy some Louis. Because we're not going to get any better if that's all we're doing. We're going to continue to do what we're doing. Let's reimagine how we can build this community and they go execute on it. But it's going to take discipline because you tell somebody, hey, don't start that. And it's like, well, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. I've always wanted to do this. I, I understand that. But it's not about you. It's about us. Stop thinking about you all the time and start thinking about us. We got a lot of people focused on them. A lot of people in your family focused on their individual self instead of focus on us. And if we all focus on us, we can't lose. It's the individual stuff that messes us up. Oof. Boy, that good. Yeah, because, hmm. Yeah, when you talk about, like, if you think about it like a, a literal neighborhood and everybody has their own individual business, you, you can't function if you don't have the stuff you need in there. If everybody's doing the same thing, the neighborhood can't function. And then you got to go outside your neighborhood to get stuff. The wealth is built by recirculating the dollar. I mean, people talk about this all the time. But as you were saying, talking about it just now, it made me think, like, circling the dollar is what builds what builds the wealth in the neighborhood and it's like it's like literally the same dollar going around in a circle so it's like you don't really need it isn't so much about money like you said it's almost like bartering even if you're paying you're paying with the same dollar but you're all getting richer off the same dollar which don't make sense but you don't have that much time to go into it but but then you were talking, it, it, it popped in my head. It's like when we're all doing something different that we all need, and circling the dollar within each, within ourselves, we actually we actually will need less money to build more wealth. Actually, you don't need as much money because it's circulating. But when you can't circulate it, you gotta go outside and pay other people for stuff you need. You gotta go outside your neighborhood to get food, water, medicine, all the all the necessities. So like you said, we gotta let's think different and. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Dre, you say if you need to make more money, start a needs-based business. Do that until you figure out what's next. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, shout out to Twitter for keeping an archive of everything. Yeah, so a lot of people need to make more money. Their words, not mine, and they're looking about and they're looking at what they want to do. And I'm like, isn't it a shorter path to figure out what's needed and do what's needed, and then do what you want to do later? Very few people in our society have the privilege of not doing what they want to do work-wise. Um, above average looking or above average shaped woman and kids. That's just about it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else usually has to work and, and, and that's just real, right? So uh, I think Annalisa made a post or video or, or a real to chat that one. My girl, Annalisa, she she said, okay, four needed businesses or, or, or four businesses you could start for under X, Y, Z dollars. Um, one, one was normal notary. Two was her business, virtual assistant. Three was a vending machine, I believe. And the fourth, a cleaning business. Um, you, you, you can correct me on that one, Raph. But if you need more money, do needed stuff. Do 
needed stuff because what happens in life most times is people who, who who become shortcut addicts they wind up having to come back to what they should have started with anyway rather than try to make this whole shortcut thing happen why not just take the long cut to get there and and get your gratification a little bit down the line uh, I might. I was. I was considering not being in Georgia full time, and I and I and I look at it now. So I can go any state I want to live in. I can live in literally any state. And I and I was thinking about that. I'm like shit. Like that's pretty cool. I can buy a house in any state I want to live in. Not. I, I can't buy a house in any city in any state. But I can buy a property in any state I want to live in. And, within let's say 20 minutes to half an hour of really of where I really want to be. I'm like, damn, that's really cool. Huh. Can I say something really quick? Because that is yeah. crazy. And I don't think a lot of people can appreciate that. That is so yeah. mind-blowing because it's not it's wild. unique. It's wild. And so I'm not location-dependent of the job because most of the money comes from the internet. And just to be able to have that privilege is is is, is it, it's a wild thing to think about. So, But to get here was a lot of years of needed stuff. A lot of years of literally carrying around a printer in my car and printing out loan documents to notarize between classes at college when we go back to school at 30 plus and me getting me having a relationship that I'm trying to maintain with a high um, high income earning attorney and me with my own bills and trying to figure out life. But all this needed stuff got me to where pushing 40, I can live in any state within 30 minutes of whatever city I want to in that state, in the country. So let's say that I can't do San Francisco, right? I could do Oakland. I said that I can't do Miami, which I can. I could do Brickle. So yeah, man, you need more money to do needed shit. Suck it up. Be an adult. You're an adult. You're not a kid. You got to do stuff to get there. Get your gratification later. So yeah, man, that's what I came from, right? Being adults, real man stuff, man. I think nobody wants to hear that. People have been lying to people, man. People have been lying to people, which is why they think they can just skip past all these steps. La da 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 da. I'm like, all right, you're gonna wind up coming back. It's a, and people get mad at me sometimes too. Uh, we had a lady at the event that we did in Atlanta, Charles, Erica's event. And and this lady, she, she said it. I don't know if you were in the room that time. She was like, I was mad at you, Audrey. I was like, oh, she's like, what did I do? <laughs> you told me that I wasn't ready for, or that I wasn't taking it seriously. And I was like, well, I right. She was like, yeah, you were right. <laughs> uh, but now she, so, so, so she was mad at me, but, but she put in the work and here she is now when she's popping. Uh, you know, but man, but man, you got to put it in, man. About, what's interesting about Andre <clears throat> is a lot of times he's not telling you to do what he decided you to do. He's pushing you to do what you already wanted to do, but you were kind of maybe too scared to do it or whatever was in the way. Mm. Andre didn't just come up with this plan for your life. And I was thinking about this with how Bruce moved to Atlanta. Bruce wanted to live in Atlanta. He, yeah. I just, he needed somebody to get in his face about it and say, stop settling. You could do so much more here, Lee. It was just blunt about it. Even Henry, the stuff that Henry wants to do, it's like maybe he, I don't, he just needs that push. He has the ability. He has a skill set. You see it in him. It's already in him and he wants to do it. It's just like, sometimes we can't do it. And that's not a character flaw. That's mm-hmm. why coaches are necessary. That's why the greats have coaches. Because you can be as talented, as skilled as you want to be. You need somebody to get into your face and tell you to do what you committed to do. Yeah, it works. It works. So come yeah. to Miami, y'all. Y'all need to be in Miami. Be in, this spot. <laughs> be in Miami. Be in Miami. What's and the that's actually, um, 
it's actually a tactic that I use, Charles and Raph, is to not to get people to do what I want them to do. It's it's for them to let them it's for them to let them hear themselves talk. Mm. See what see see what they're said and help them get the fat out and come up with a plan to execute to get there the most direct way and simplest way possible. And that is why I am a great coach. Yeah, he's not even charging y'all as much as he could be charging y'all. Not even close. <laughs> don't, don't start, Charles. Don't start. What's it? What's the you? Um, now you brought it up, Charles. Tell us. Tell the people about the. Um, now we're putting on the biggest, best ever mastermind, most flies event, most swag events. We're breaking the cigars out. We're breaking the boat out. We're breaking the um the dj out we're breaking the private chef out everything you could ever want to need it's going to be there and you're going to have the biggest and the best brightest minds in the building dropping gems and adding value and pushing you to get to your greatness you're not leaving this place unless you've created something it's ain't just the place to come get information it's the, the place to come learn and execute so we're going to spend a day learning and we're going to spend a day executing and you'll be have made your money back before you leave so whatever that looks like, it's it's just going to be a powerful ex- experience, a very high-end luxury experience. Somebody was like, man, Charles, your life is a vibe. This event is going to be a vibe. This event's going to be a vibe. We're doing all fly stuff just without alcohol on my part. Y'all could drink, but I'm going to just be, you know, sipping my Red Bull. But seriously, though, we got um, Annalise to come. Of course, we got Andre out there. We got me out there. We got Michelle Welch coming. She's going to light a fire under you. We got um, Annalise to come in. And we also have um, Henry Amazing. And we're still adding more and more names. So don't sleep, y'all. It's going to be fire. MyDigitalMillions.com, Charles. MyDigitalMillions.com. www.MyDigitalMillions.com. Text digital to 909. 909- 403-4063-909-403-4063. I haven't set up the automations for it yet, though, y'all. I've been lagging on that. But it's coming. But still, at least I'll know that you're in my contact list. And when I do send on everything, you can get it. Right now, we have an early bird special, 1500 for the first seven people. 1500 for the first seven people. And after that, the price is going up. Let's go. For the first seven people. And this is capped. This is a capped event. This is not an unlimited I- I- event. Everybody so, cannot come. No. It's, the house ain't big enough. It's nice, but it's not big enough for all y'all. MyDigitalMillions.com That's Let's what it is. Let's take it, folks. That's why April well, 1st through the 4th. Yep, April 1st through the 4th. Think about that time, man. Yeah, we're going to start wrapping this up. One last tweet from Charles. You say, you making money being a problem solver, not a problem discoverer. I don't know where I had this. I've I've said this before over and over again, but uh, I don't know. I was thinking of something. I was thinking of some some idea. All my ideas are billion dollar ideas now. I'm trying to create an app, trying to do all these different things, but I can't remember what happened. I just know maybe somebody brought something to my attention and it just reminded me that in a lot of instances, we glamorize the people who find the problem and advertise the problem. Like, hey, look, there's a problem here. I'm going to put that problem on the sign and I'm going to walk around. I'm going to show everybody that there's a problem. And I'm like, let's start solving some stuff, man. That's where the creation comes from. I remember a long time ago in response to all the police brutality, I was like, bro, why don't we just create our own private security company or a private police force? And people are like, you can't do that. Impossible, dude. 
And like there's mm. communities actually out there that have their own private police force. We can't think like that. There's I was watching TikTok and TikTok was telling this story about the, the monkeys and the ladder theory. And so there is this theory where if you have four monkeys that were all brought out of, the, out of the wild and you put some bananas on top of the ladder, what happens is one monkey out of that four climbs up the ladder and tries to get the bananas, tries to get the reward. And what they do is they rain on all the monkeys. And so the monkeys are like, bro, whenever you try to get the bananas, it rains on us. So stop going to get the bananas. So they bring them down, they beat them up. And then they take one of the monkeys who got rained on and they replace them with the monkey who never got rained on. And so then that, so another monkey, the new monkey tries to climb up the ladder. And he like, as he's going up, the monkeys who got rained on are like, nah, bro, when you do that, you get rained on. They pull them down and they beat them up. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. And you have all these new monkeys. None of them got rained on, but everyone thinks that if you go after bananas, you get beat up. I bring this up to say that in a lot of instances, we as a community don't do things because of what happened 60 years ago, what happened 70 years ago, what happened 80 years ago. It's like, bro, like you can't do that because if we do that, they just going to burn it down. That's always the story, right? While we build Black Wall Street, it's going to burn it down. But we don't even know the full story. Most of, the, most of us didn't even know Black Wall Street existed. We don't know the whole story. And so we psychologically don't build, don't create, don't do because it's something that didn't even happen to us. Mm. So we got to start focusing on solving our issues because that's where the wealth goes. That's where the wealth is at. The wealth comes to the, we talk about this all the time. The wealth goes to the creator, not to the complainer, not to the person who points it out. We out here winning because we created something, whether it's a podcast, this YouTube channel, whether it's social media, whether it's a course, whether it's a blog, what are you creating to help? And when you create, you win. And that's not just something I made up. It's something I showed you. And it's something Andre showed you. And it's something Raphael is showing you. When you create and when you help close that gap, instead of begging somebody else to close that gap, instead of pointing at the gap, don't point at the gap. Create something to fill that gap and you will be rewarded. And your people will be rewarded as well. Because just like I won, everybody else won who participated. And I only won because they won. So therefore, if you want the wealth, if you want all these things that you think that they're going to give you, if you keep pointing out the problem, just go fill the gap, y'all. Just go fill the gap. Yeah. yeah, man, that's pressure right there, boy. Oof. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would say that was cool. Uh, take imperfect action. You're gonna die, fam. Like we're all, <laughs> we're just gonna go. We are here talking about people who passed on, like they're still here because they did stuff. If you're not necessarily money motivated, are you legacy motivated? Are you having your name live on motivated? Are you having people meet your daughters and thanking thanking you, even though you aren't even here anymore? Like, you got to do something to be great. And don't be one of those people who are stuck on the sidelines who are always thinking about what if, what if, what if. You're shortchanging yourself and you don't know how much longer you got. So let's put, a, put out some effort to do one to two things that will help us have a better quality of life. That's it. One or two things this week, and, and we'll figure out the next thing next week. Yep. And that's why you see um, these huge uh, companies go springing up in Africa, like people solving their own problems and raising millions of dollars, while people in America are like saying, "We don't get the capital funds. We don't. We don't get the funds. Even when we have the companies, people in Africa are just like, I'm not waiting for funds." just start and then they get the funds later millions of dollars solving their own problems creating fintech apps like how are they creating fintech apps in africa and there's not like one company 
it's like three years three uh, there's probably at least three that i've heard of recently that got millions of dollars in funding mm. in africa because people don't even have like most a lot of them don't even have computers they just got a smartphone and they go from there or at least they start with a smartphone you know what i'm saying like they have a, they saw a need for payment processing and cutting up corruption and they just did it they went go for their own needs that's why you see the people some kid grew up in a village and he got a bicycle he creates some kind of solar power or some kind of generator because it was a need for electricity in their village or something like that so like Dre said earlier before fill a need make some money create a legacy all that you know wrap it up episode 121 of we talked about the podcast your host Raphael and Charles guest Andre Hatchet brother of the show peace tweet talk yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.